Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Good evening, and happy almost Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. In Jesus' name, and welcome to Miracle Internet Church. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and I welcome everyone in the name of the Lord, and especially our first-time listeners. If you're listening to us for the first time, God bless you. We welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And we invite you to join us on your cell phone or your tablet or your laptop or whatever device you have. Amen? Uh, You may find us using your browser at MiracleInternetChurch.com. That's MiracleInternetChurch.com. And uh, when the page comes up, If you're on a laptop or a tablet across the banner, you'll see MIC Radio Chat. Click that. And when the page changes, click Guest. When the page changes again, excuse me, uh, enter your name. One of those names is on your birth certificate, please. We want to make sure we have the right person. And... Your greeting to the saints that are in the chat room and enter, and you'll find that the saints will respond to you in love. Amen? We're a very welcoming body. Now, if you're on a cell phone, an Android, or an iPhone, use your browser to find MiracleInternetChurch.com. When the page comes up across the banner, you'll see three white lines against a black background. Click the three white lines, and it will open all the other links to you. Scroll down till you come to MIC Radio Chat Room and click that and sign in. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, we are aware that some of you can't listen on the phone and do that too, but you have your opportunity to to sign in whenever you're ready. Amen? So those of you that just want to listen by phone, The number is area code in the United States, area code 319-527-6235, and press 1. Again, that's area code in the United States, 319-7-6235, and press 1. Well, so you asked me, what's the country code for the United States? Do you know I don't remember? I've only called here one time. Uh from out of the country, and uh, um, let's see, I can't remember, somebody else dialed the number, I was in Ghana, and they did the dialing for me, so I don't know, (laughs) I've never had to do that, (laughs) but I'm sure you can find out, (laughs) amen, somebody on this planet knows, I'm certain of it, well, We're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord tonight. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Yes, this is Wednesday. Friday is coming, okay? Friday is coming, but not yet. We have have turkey in between. And turkey is saying, 
leave me alone, and you're saying, no, you're going in the oven. And that's the way that works, you see? That's how that works. So I'm glad I don't have to go back to the store for anything. That's for certain. I've been back to the store how many times? Three times, and that's enough. I'm not going back. If I don't have it, I'm just not going to have it. Amen. So praise the Lord for that. Now, I'll get to the rest of that later. Right now, I get to have church with you and Jesus. All of that stuff can wait till later. Amen. God is so good. You know, first of all, I I, want to go before the Lord, and I want to pray for the people who don't have anything to eat for Thanksgiving. It's 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 a, it's um it's sort of a bittersweet kind of thing with me. There are people who are on this planet, many of them in the United States, who don't have a turkey or a chicken leg or wings or anything to eat for Thanksgiving. And I just pray, whatever their condition is, that the Lord provides something if something is desired. Amen? And that our hearts are open to believe God for them. They might not really have much faith, hardly any faith at all. Times might be really hard for them. This this might be the worst Thanksgiving they've ever had. And I'm hoping that the Lord will provide them with whatever they need. You know, the Bible says he opens his hands and satisfies the desire of every living thing. And I would like for us to believe God for them to receive whatever it is that they need. So we're getting ready to pray for people all over the globe not just the people in the nation we're in, or even if it's a nation that doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving at all. You know, this is primarily an American situation who don't have a thing to eat. As much food as there is on the planet, there are people who don't have anything to eat. Nothing. You think about the bounty that you're going to partake in if you want to. So you have an option if you want to. They don't have an option. They don't have anything. So we're going to believe the Lord to provide whatever they need and to show them that he loves them. You see, some people need to experience God in a very, very practical way to understand that he really does know they exist, he really exists, and he really cares about them. They need it in a practical, tangible way. So I'm believing that we can put our faith together, all of us, and we can believe God 
for everybody on the planet that need has a need, especially if it's a need for their body, a need for food, and they're looking to him for it, or at least hoping that he'll care enough to do something about it, that he will release the answer to what they need. That's what we're going to pray. I'm very grateful that all of my Thanksgivings, I've had something to eat. And I think for every last one of them, there's been something that I wanted to eat. But right now, I just want to thank the Lord for his continued bounty to us all and his provision for these people who have absolutely nothing. You know, God makes the sun to shine and the rain to come on all of us, all of us, not just, not just those of us who have, but those of us who don't have. He loves everybody. So we need to extend our love to them too because faith works by love. So, Heavenly Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, we come before you thanking you for the bounty and the blessings that you've afforded to many of us on this planet, Lord. Yet there are many, Lord, who are suffering and who feel real hunger in their body, and they need you. So we're putting our faith together tonight, Father, because you're the provider for everyone. You open your hand, and you provide for every living thing. Even the animals wait on you. The plants wait on you. So, Father... We lift up to you everyone on the planet, every single person that has a need, especially in their body and the need for nourishment. And we ask for your mercy, no matter who they are or where they are. And we're asking you to open your bounty and provide and show them and allow them to perceive and know that you see them, you know who they are, and you love them. We extend our love to them as well. And we thank you for your grace and for your mercy, Lord. We thank you that you are touching them, even as we pray this prayer, because you know what we're going to pray before we pray it. You know what's in our heart before we think it. And so we're releasing our love and faith to you on their behalf. We thank you, Lord, that when Jesus died on the cross for everybody's sin, it covered everybody. And we give you praise because of who you are. You supply the needs of every living thing. So we ask you to supply their need as well in Jesus' name. We thank you for supplying our need for repentance and conviction 
and supplying our need for love and forgiveness and for hope and for faith. We want to thank you, Lord, for supplying us with comfort and with truth and with life and with blessing. We thank you for every good thing, every gift that comes down from the Father of life. We thank you that you are our truth and we can depend on you. We thank you that you're our parent and that you're our teacher and that you're the glory and the lifter up of our heads. We want to thank you that you bring us into correction when we have gone astray. We want to thank you that you're our shepherd. You watch over us. We want to thank you that when we get too far out of the way, you bring us back with strong correction because you don't desire for anyone to perish. So, Lord, we thank you for supplying the need wherever the need is. We thank you for pouring out the love of God in our hearts by the Holy Spirit so that we could release this love to you and to all who are in need of being loved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. For we were sometimes darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the precious faith we have obtained through your righteousness. You are multiplying your grace and peace unto us through our knowledge of you and Jesus Christ our Lord. For your divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godly living. You have given us the great and precious promises of your word so that by them we might be partakers of your divine nature and thereby escape the corruption that is in the world. This makes us so, Father, so very thankful. As we participate and are partakers of your divine nature, Through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we are able to walk in the fruit of goodness, giving all diligence. We will add virtue to our faith and knowledge to our virtue. To our knowledge, we will add self-control. And to our self-control, we will add patience. And to our patience, we will add godliness. And to our godliness, we will add kindness. And to our kindness, we will add love. As we allow your God qualities to develop in our lives, we will be able to walk in your goodness at all times. Thank you, Lord, for your promise that these God qualities will make us fruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Lord Jesus. Praise your holy name. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the presence of the Lord. There's a sweet expression on each face. And I know that it's the presence of the Lord. Sweet Holy Spirit. Sweet heavenly dove, stay right here with us, filling us with your love. And all these blessings, we lift our voice and sing. Without a doubt, we'll know that we have been revived. When we shall leave this place. Saints, I hope we're ready when Jesus comes. I hope we're ready when Jesus comes. I do pray that all of us will take the word of God so seriously. Because it won't be long, you know. And I pray that no matter what happens in our lives, that we are ready when Jesus comes. Amen? Amen. 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 So tonight, we're going to talk about true knowledge of sin. Amen. We've got to talk about the true knowledge of sin. Our featured psalm comes from Psalm 78, and our verse for meditation is from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. And our featured ebook is the ABCs of Deliverance. Amen. That's an excellent book for someone who has not read it yet, but someone who wants to get really grounded and understand things, because you know we can't talk about every single thing. We, um, we, We have to do what the Lord leads us to do, because he's leading all of us at one time. So that's an excellent book, and the link is right here in the chat room so that you can avail yourself to the book. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So this is a subject that we've been talking about recently. And Friday, when we left off, uh, we were continuing in our discussion of the law and the prophets and the impact of these scriptures on us 
and on our faith. We last discussed that we have been delivered through faith all of the power of sin. So, picture this. Picture a Nelson hole, also known as a full Nelson in wrestling. Picture that, if you can. It's an illegal it's illegal in amateur wrestling, but most people know what that is. The purpose of this hole is to immobilize its subject and to bring the subject into submission. That's the whole point of this particular hold. This is what the power of sin is like, to bring the subject into immobilization. Now, Ms. Patterson, if you can't hear anything, then call in on your telephone at area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. And would one of the saints put the phone number in the chat room for her? and tell her she needs to call in on her phone at 319-527-6235 and press 1. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Hold on. Okay, there we go. There, okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, where was Pastor while you all are taking care of that? So I was talking about the full Nelson position in wrestling. It's for the purpose of immobilizing the subject and bringing the subject into submission. This is what the power of sin is like. We have been delivered through faith from all the power of sin. Additionally, we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of right standing with Almighty God. Amen? Additionally, we receive the abundance of grace. Remember, exceeding abundantly above, we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of right standing with Almighty God. As a result, we are now able to reign in life, R-E-I-G-N, reign, reign in life as one in Jesus Christ. And we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Therefore, the purpose of the entire law is to create 
and to reveal to us a true knowledge of sin. The purpose of the law is to reveal, to create and to reveal to us a true knowledge of sin and a genuine repentance and a deep-felt need of a Savior. And this Savior would be our mediator with the Father. So by the time we've read many of the scriptures that are not just Old Testament but New Testament as well, because many of the scriptures in the New Testament repeat what has been given in the Old Testament. They sort of mirror what is in the Old Testament. You you can read it in the Old Testament and go to the set. Go to the corresponding scripture in the New Testament that tells you the same thing. Amen? So, this is it. When we receive the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, posed to explain to us, help us to see, pull back the curtain, help our understanding, Help our knowledge of what sin is, how this relates to our lives personally. And when we can see what sin is, it should create in us a genuine, true repentance. We should want to repent. As well, we then we need to see that we need to be saved because we can't save ourselves. And the one who has come to save us will be our mediator, the one to go between us and the Father. He's come to save us and to mediate on our behalf. Now, many of you have had a natural experience of dealing with a mediator. There is someone who's brought charges against you, and you have to respond to those charges. And so instead of you necessarily going to a court where there's a jury and that type of setting, you've been given a situation where there will be a mediator. And the mediator will not only judge the situation, but will suggest and do what is necessary to bring the two parties into agreement. Amen? So when we, take, when we partake of the law, especially the first five books of the Bible, and we see what sin is, and we feel the need for repentance, we understand that we have sinned, we grieve God, and we need to repent. We have offended God. And I don't mean a light offense. I mean severe. We see the need for a Savior because we cannot rescue ourselves. We see the need for a deliverer. Deliverer, that rescuer, that Savior, 
needs to be our mediator also. So Jesus Christ is our advocate with the Father. He's our advocate with the Father. Amen? He advocates on our behalf. He's our attorney. And he's our righteous judge as well. Amen? Amen. So I think we've got that down because that's very important. That's very, very important. Even under the old covenant, there are persons who allowed themselves to be judged by the entirety of the law. In so doing, they attained to three important positions. Number one, they succeeded in reaching the knowledge of full salvation and grace. They succeeded in reaching the knowledge of full salvation and grace. Number two, they succeeded in believing in the Savior who was to come. Number three, they were able to overcome by faith by believing God their, for their inherited sinful nature. In other words, they sinned. They know they sinned. They went to God in truthfulness, in transparency, in honesty about their sin. And they believed God to bring the solution for their sinful nature. Amen. And two of these saints were Moses and David. And we're going to talk briefly about each of them. So in Exodus chapter 33, Exodus chapter 33, I'm going to begin with verse 12. Exodus chapter 33, I'm going to begin with verse 12. Moses, the friend of God, had to bring the law to the people, and he knew how to be subject to it. Not only did he come into acquaintance with the law because God gave it to him, he had to be subject to that same law himself. He was allowed to see the glory of God. And he trusted wholly in God's grace to which he had recourse over and over again. He went back to God for grace over and over and over again, not only on his own behalf, but on the behalf of the people as well. So in verse 12 we find, And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast found grace in my sight. Grace 
in the Old Testament. See? Grace. And thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he says, my presence shall go with thee. And I will give thee rest. Saints, these are some of the same promises we see in the New Testament. God made them to Moses. We have the promise that God knows us by name. We have the promise that we'll have grace, that he'll release his grace to us. We have the promise that he will show us the secrets of his covenant. We have the promise that we can draw close to him. We have the promise that we are a holy nation before him. And now in verse 14, we have the presence that God is with us and that he will give us rest. These are the same promises that are found in the New Testament We're reading them in the book of Exodus with Moses. Verse 15, and he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated. So shall we be separated. In the New Testament, it says, come out from among them, saith the Lord. Amen? This is the second time uh, we've read something in the New Testament, well, maybe more than two times, that God says we ought to be a separated people. We're not to to be worldly people any longer. We've been called out of the world. We are a separated people unto God. So we're sanctified unto God when we live as people separate from worldliness and carnality. Amen. I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Amen? So you see, Moses had a relationship with God even before In the natural, Jesus went to the cross. But spiritually, Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. I know that sounds to some contradictory, but God has planned everything beforehand, and therefore he has provided for all things beforehand. He's made provision already. He's already provided. 
everything you need. He's already provided. We talked about this a long time ago in a sermon about what God did before the foundation of the world. One of the things he did was that those that he foreknew, he did predestined to be formed or changed or transformed into the image of his son. We're supposed to develop in the character and nature of Jesus Christ. And while God was doing that, he he made provision for everyone and everyone that would receive his son. Amen? So we have provision. We have provision. But you see, first of all, you have to believe that. You have to believe that because the primary work of God is to believe him. Amen? To Exodus 34. Exodus verse 30, chapter 34, beginning with verse 6. Exodus chapter 34, beginning with verse 6. Exodus 34, beginning with verse 6. And the Lord passed by before him. We're still on Moses now. We haven't switched. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children, unto the third and to the fourth generation. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. It is a stiff-necked people. These are some real hardheads. That's basically what Moses said. These are some impenitent. These are some rebellious. These are some stubborn. These are some stiff-necked, hard-headed people that I'm dealing with. And pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for thine inheritance. Moses was interceding for the people. The people needed intercession because they were at odds with God, as sometimes each of us is, sometimes far more than we realize. We are at odds with God. But two cannot walk together unless they agree. And Moses as an intercessor on behalf of the people. 
he pleaded with God, come with them, because the people were quite offensive. They were quite offensive. They didn't want to do what they were told. They didn't want to submit to leadership. They didn't want to follow leadership. They just wanted to do whatever they felt like doing, and whatever bad-mouthed person was in the camp was spouting off out of their mouth at the time. They were not interested in God's laws, his rules, and the fact that he was trying to form them into a special people unto himself. And sometimes the saints of today are no different. Amen? Go to Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 5. Not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart, Dost thou go to possess their land? God was giving them the land of these other nations that he's going to wipe off the face of the globe, or at least part of them anyway. And God is saying to the Hebrews that it's not because they were so good and wonderful and right and always obeyed him. No, that wasn't the point. It wasn't because their hearts were right toward him. That wasn't it either. It's not because of them. Dost thou go to possess their land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. God's using you to possess the land and to drive these people out. It's not because you're better than these people. I just picked you, period. That he may perform the word which the Lord swear unto their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And many of us have received blessing in our lives because of the goodness and the righteousness of others who came before us. It's not because we're so brilliant or because we're so good or because our hearts are so right toward God. No, someone came before us and they interceded just like Moses did on our behalf. And we received the blessing because of their standing with God and their intercession to him. Amen? Amen. It's not because we're so great. It's not because we have the right heart attitude or the right mindset. Someone came before us and interceded on our behalf, and the blessing has come upon our lives because of promises God has made to those who came before us. And this is why America, to tell you the truth, is still standing. Because there have been generations before us who served God better than this present generation does. And they prayed for us. 
and their prayers are still before the throne of God. They, some of them had a much better heart toward the Lord than we do. And so we need to mature. We need to ask the Lord to change our hearts. Because we do. Even the very best of us has still a lot of not so wonderful inside of us. And it's not just the demons, it's us. So this is why we are persistent and continual in turning from our own wicked ways. We need to change. We need to become more like Jesus. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in us that is necessary, that is pertinent, that is important, that is essential and mandatory, that when Jesus comes, when it's time for the Holy Spirit to remove those who are right with God out of the earth realm, we'll be ready to go, because presently we are not. Amen? Amen. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 26. Deuteronomy chapter 9, 26. One thing that I am pretty certain of, those of you who have been fasting with us continually, you've been continually every month fasting with us, God is unearthing things in your life that are not only unpleasant, but they are not righteous either. He's bringing them to the forefront. Why? So repentance can take place. True repentance can take place. A cleansing can take place. A deliverance can take place. A healing can take place. Because the fruit of the Spirit wants to, it wants to expand and take up more room in us. But we've got to get the mess and the gunk out of the way. We've got to get the sin out. All right? Those of you who are real spotty with the fasting, you go here, there, miss two months, one more month, you're not getting the full effect. You're not getting the full effect. And that's just the truth. Those of you who don't participate in the fastings at all, because you don't see that you need to. You're missing a lot because an individual fast does not carry the same power and anointing as a corporate fast. And you just don't get the point. Amen. So in Deuteronomy chapter 9, Beginning with verse 26, pray therefore unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, destroy not thy people and thine inheritance, which thou hast redeemed through thy greatness. Redemption is discussed here. We're in Deuteronomy, not the New Testament. Which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. 
So in most passages, Egypt refers to the world and the world system. So God's talking and and Moses is talking about redemption by the greatness of God being brought out of the world with a mighty hand. And he says, remember thy servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look not unto the stubbornness of this people, nor to their wickedness, nor to their sin. I told you somebody prayed for us a long time ago. And many have followed in this pattern since then. Somebody prayed for us a long time ago. Amen? And we're reaping the the blessing of their prayer and their standing with God. Amen. So, go to, let's see where we're going now, look. 33, Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 16. Now, saints, I'm going to say something, and it's for the persons that it's for. If you find yourself wrestling with God, mostly wrestling with yourself and your own will, do this. Make it a very brief wrestling match and go ahead and agree with God. Amen? Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 16. And for the precious things of the earth and fullness thereof, for the goodwill of him that dwelt in the bush, let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph, for the head of him that was separated from his brethren. So you see, we have the opportunity to receive blessing, amen. It starts in verse 1 of Deuteronomy 33. You don't have to, well, you can join me there if you want. And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And then we get to verse 16. Amen. I'll start at verse 13. And of Joseph, he was blessing all of those children, okay? And of Joseph, he said, blessed of the Lord be his land for the precious things of heaven, for the dew and for the deep that couches beneath, and for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun, and for the precious things put forth by the moon and for the chief things of the ancient mountains, and for the precious things of the everlasting hills, and for the precious things of the earth and fullness thereof, and for the goodwill of him that dwelt in the bush, 
let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph and upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. Amen. So God has been good to us all. Psalm 90, verse 8. Psalm 90, verse 8. Psalm 90, verse 8. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. Amen. In the New Testament, it says, all things are open and naked before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Does it not? And it goes on from there. So go to verse 14. Psalm 90, verse 14. Psalm 90, verse 14. Oh, satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us. Well, why would God have to afflict us unless we were being rebellious? And the years wherein we have seen evil Let thy work appear unto thy servant, and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yes, the work of our hands establish thou it. So these people saw the need after realizing that their sins were in God's face and he was looking right at them, including their secret sins that they didn't want to deal with. And they were asking him for his mercy. They realized they were having a hard time because of their own sin. And you see these same type of scriptures in the New Testament. God's bringing to our remembrance how we once lived, but he has brought us out of that world of sin and has redeemed us. And so now, go and sin no more. Amen? So, having looked at Moses, the friend of God, let's go to David, King David. Amen. Let's let's go take a look at King David and we'll be 
In the book of Psalms, so you aren't far away, we're going to begin in Psalm 119. Psalm 119. David saw wondrous things of the law that had judged him through and through and that had condemned both his secret unconscious sins and his hereditary sinful nature. We've talked about that out of the New Testament, but here it is in the Old Testament as well. He showed forth God's loving kindness in the morning and praised the Redeemer who crowneth with loving kindness and tender mercy. So, in Psalm 119, we're beginning with verse 18. Psalm 119, we're beginning with verse 18. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. That's what David asked for. And you know something? We need to learn to do that too. We need to learn to do that too. Because as we do this, God unfolds things in our lives that he wants to deal with. You know, saints, it's not a good idea. It's not a wise decision to run from God when he's trying to deal with you. It's not wise at all. It's not wise to sit back and nitpick and try to find fault because you don't want to deal with your sin. That's sin. Amen? Let God expose the sin in your life. Allow him to do so. Why? Because he wants to deal with it. And you need to want to deal with it with him. Whatever insecurities, whatever hurts, whatever bitternesses, whatever pains, whatever it is that's not like Jesus, let him deal with you. Some of you are trying to resist him, but don't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. Yield to him. Submit to him. Yes, some of it is going to be painful. It was painful on the cross when he died for all of our sins. Some of it is going to be painful. Some of it is even going to bring anguish and other feelings. But go through it with the Lord. Amen? So you can come out better than before. Amen? That's what we ought to do. So David prays in Psalm 119, verse 18, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Psalm 19. We're going back to Psalm 19, and we're beginning with verse 7. Psalm 19, and we're beginning with verse 7. You see, saints, the book of Psalms teaches you. I'm continually giving you a featured psalm 
every Wednesday and Friday. Why? Because the book of Psalms tells you, it teaches you, it develops you in how to pray, how to have a praying spirit, how to present yourself before the Lord, how to humble yourself before the Lord, how to call on the Lord. But you have to allow the word to work in you. Every service, Wednesday and Friday, you get a featured psalm. Why? God wants the word to do its work in you. There is a work that the scriptures do in the heart, the spirit, the soul, and the body. Of a believer Allow the word to work In you Amen Psalm 19 Verse 7 The law of the Lord Is perfect Converting the soul The law of the Lord Is perfect Converting The soul testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple or the simple-minded. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, By them thy servant is warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his error? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. From judgmental, presumptuous sin. From assuming what I have no business assuming. For taking for granted what I have no business taking for granted. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Amen? God was working on King David. God is working on us. Let God work, saints. Let God work. Let God work. Let God work. Please let him work. Amen? Let's go on to Psalm 40. Verse 9, Psalm 40, verse 9, amen. 
Psalm 40, verse 9. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, saints, I have preached righteousness to you, but you've got to receive it. What good does it do you to come up and listen, and then you act like it's just like you act like you hadn't heard a thing? Sort of like it bounced off the side of your head, and nothing ever went into your heart. That's not right. You see, before you come to service, you need to go before the Lord and prepare your heart before him. Why? So that you'll have good ground to receive the seed of the word. Some of you come up, and who knows where you've been, what spirit you were out there hanging around with, and you just, here you are, okay, I'm here. No. You set yourself apart from all of that because you're coming into the presence of the Holy One. your heart right. You get your mind back in order. And then you come with the saints of God before the Holy One. You know, I'm sorry that some of us didn't grow up or come in generations prior where you come to church and you set yourself apart before you come to church. Get your heart right before church time. Then when you come to church, you come with the right spirit. You don't just show up with just any old attitude and any old mindset. Well, I just feel like, no, you don't show up to God's house like that. You get yourself in order first. Because whatever you bring, you're passing it around to everyone else. Amen. It's a real world. Before you come to church, you get your heart right with God. Because it affects everyone. You see, the Holy Spirit brings us together in unity. So you can't come in with all of that stuff from wherever else you've been or whatever else you were doing. You've got to shut that stuff, and you've got to get right with God and come up and begin to intercede for the broadcast. Amen. Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Beginning with verse 4. Psalm 51, beginning with verse 4. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight. You see, David came to an understanding of his own sin life. It had to hit him pretty hard for him to really get the full impact, because David had been serving the Lord since he was a child. So here he is, an adult, and he has sinned horrendously against the Lord. 
And so he comes to the Lord and he says, against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. He does not say, oh, I made a mistake. He isn't going to lie. He's going to be fully transparent with God. He's coming open and he's telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Oh, that the members of MIC would come to this place with God. (laughs) Against thee, and thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. I have inherited sin in my life, and I have partaken of that sin, and I am just as much as guilty as my ancestor. Behold, Thou desireth truth in the inward part. Some of us are still walking around saying that sin that we committed was a mistake. No, it wasn't a mistake. It was sin. Call it what it is. Take responsibility for what you actually did or participated in or allowed. Stop pointing your finger at the devil, responsibility for your part in the matter. And don't try to shirk it. Because thou desirest truth in the inward part and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom, to know what I ought to do. Amen? There aren't any perfect people on the planet, but God has given us a way to have established and maintain relationship with him. But we can't have this sin thing hanging on all the time. It does not please God. And when our eyes have been opened and we can see what sin really is and the hideousness of our own corruption, we should want to repent and we should want to be cleansed. Amen. Psalm 89, verse 1. Psalm 89, verse 1. Psalm 89, verse 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Notice he didn't say, with my mouth I will make known the faithfulness of all generations to you. No, I can't do that. We've been too unfaithful to you. 
With my mouth, I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. You see, David, through repentance, through living for God, for devoting himself to God, came to understand and to see God differently. His revelation of who God is expanded and grew, and it's supposed to expand and grow in each of us. Psalm 92, verse 2. Psalm 92, verse 2. Psalm 92, verse 2. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. This is an everyday relationship with the Lord. It's not an on-off, sometimey, fair-weather kind of situation. And if that's your situation, on-off, sometimey, when you get around to it, when you're not busy, if you feel like it, then you need to repent of your sins. Repent while you have the opportunity. Psalm 103, verse 4. Psalm 103, verse 4. Psalm 103, verse 4. It begins, this psalm begins this way. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And in verse 4, the psalmist says, Who redeemeth my life from destruction, crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. God doesn't have to do any of this for us, but he does. And we ought to give credit to whom credit is due. Not to us, not to us, O Lord, but to thy name be the glory. See, some of us are still caught up in how great we think we are. But we need to finally come to the knowledge of the truth. Remember at the beginning I was explaining to you about the wrestling position called a full Nelson. In a full Nelson, I was explaining that the purpose, we were talking about the power of sin in our lives, is for the purpose of causing the subject to become immobilized. Why? Because sin has a grip hold. The power that sin has has got a hold on you. It's got a it's got a serious grip on you. Only to immobilize you, but to cause you to
to fully submit to it. So let me explain how you cannot get out of a full Nelson. You cannot get out of a full Nelson by trying to rear up and straighten up your back when there's someone on top of you. You can't push up and throw them off. No, you cannot do it from trying to erect yourself. In order to get out of a full Nelson, you have to go down, all the way down to the mat, the position of humility. You can't get out of the power of sin or out of a full Nelson trying to rear yourself up in your own power and pride. It doesn't work that way. To get out of a full Nelson and to get out of the power of sin, you must go down, flat on the mat, in the power of humility. And that's what you hear in Moses. That is what you hear in the life of David. You don't hear, but I. But I, but I, you don't hear that at all. If I have found grace in your sight, Moses said. David said, I have sinned against thee and against thee only have I sinned. He didn't pretend it was somebody else. Oh, but they did and they know I did this. Amen. Psalm 103 beginning with verse 8. Psalm 103, beginning with verse 8. Psalm 103, beginning with verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always charge, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, So great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. The church needs to say amen. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Saints, we need to come to the place that we realize that we're not much better. We're not much better than the crew that got wiped away in the flood. 
when God just left eight people and took the rest away. We're about there in society. We're not much better. If it weren't for the grace of God, there we go. Right along with those that were swept away in the flood. Right along with what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, everyone that was destroyed in Sodom and Gomorrah was not a perverted person. They were just hanging out with the pervert. Why? Because they liked the luxurious lifestyle of Sodom and Gomorrah. It was a place where you could live a good life. Remember Lot's wife? She looked back at the lifestyle she was leaving only to go live in the, in, in the side of a mountain, in a cave. And she turned back and lusted for that lifestyle and turned into a pillar of salt. Saints, we need to come closer to the Lord. We do. All of us do. We need to come closer to the Lord. We are too much still in the world. The world is still dictating what we think and what we believe more than it should. It still has too much influence on us because we allow for it. You see, we've been redeemed from that. But we have to shut that part down. It's up to us. God's not going to come do it for you when you have the power from him to do it yourself. The world still has too much of a hold on us. And it's not until we are challenged in the circumstances of our lives that we come to understand we've been standing in the wrong place. We need to move. We've gone out of our proper boundaries with God. Amen? Amen. It's the truth. Only he who, like Moses and David, acknowledge and confesses himself guilty of the entire law of God. That means all that is written in the law of Moses, the Psalms, and the prophets can experience freedom by being delivered, not only from all sins described in the law, but also from the law of sin inherited in the flesh and in its members. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're going to go to Psalm 51, verse 5. Psalm 51, verse 5. That's where we're going. Oops. Psalm 51, verse 5. 
We went there a few minutes ago, but I'm going to read it right quickly. Then we're going to go into Romans chapter 7. Psalm 51, verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 14. Romans chapter 7 beginning with verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Let me explain. I'm just going to use this particular sin as an example in this. The law says, Thou shalt not steal. All right? But I'm carnal and sold under sin. And in some part of me, I agree that stealing is a sin. But I'm doing that that I know I shouldn't do. In my, in my thought, I'm thinking, I don't want to steal. But I'm still doing it. For What I would, that is not stealing, that do I not. That means refrain from stealing. But what I hate, stealing, that do I. So I'm still stealing. If then I do that, which I would not, if I'm doing the thing that I don't want to do, I consent unto the law that it is good. I agree with the law that stealing is wrong. Now then, it is no more I that do it. It's not the spiritual me, the reborn me that's doing it, but sin that's dwelling in me is dwelling in me. And it's time for sin to go. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, also known as self, S-E-L-F, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. I will to do right. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. I can't quite get it accomplished. I just lost my spot. Amen. All right. Okay, let me go back up here. Okay. Amen. All right, let me go back and find the spot. Because the computer and I are not being friends tonight. 
Amen. Let me find my spot again. It just Romans seven was where I was, and it just hold on. All right, and it changed this. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You're not going to interrupt this. Amen. Amen. Let me go this way. There we go. Bear with me a second. All right. Here we are. Okay. Now we're back. Now, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. I'm having a hard time, God. Part of me wants to do good, but I keep doing wrong. What's going what am I going to do here? I, 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 can't, I can't get it together. I'm struggling. I want to do right, but I'm still doing wrong. Every time I turn around, I'm doing wrong. And I keep doing it over and over. I keep coming to you. Lord, I repent of what I'm doing. And I keep doing wrong. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Lord, I'm having a hard time down here. I'm trying to obey you trying to obey you. You see, Lord, I would never have known the sin in my heart, the evil desires that are hidden there, if the law hadn't said, you must not have evil desires in your heart. But then sin came along, and it took those same evil desires, and it reminded me how wrong I am. And then all of a sudden, all of that desire to do wrong just took over. So, Lord, I don't know what to do. If there weren't any laws, then I wouldn't be doing anything wrong, God. And so, for a long time before Pastor explained to me, I didn't understand what the law was trying to do. It's trying to point out to me that I'm wrong that I've done something wrong, that I need to turn from my wicked ways and come to you so you can help. I need you to come help me because I need your help. I need you to set me free from what I find in me. 
I need you to help me out of this. Ah, praise God. What a wonderful event in the life of a human being. So what you wrote in the Bible, God, it's not bad. It's supposed to show me the way of life instead of me being given a death penalty because I've done wrong and I deserve it. So sin jumped all over me, God, and it told me, well, you can do it again. But I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong, God. So it made me feel guilty, and that's how I feel. I feel guilty. But I can't say that what you wrote in the Bible was wrong. All I can say is I'm still doing wrong, and I feel guilty for it. Verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Verse 25, verse 25, praise the Lord. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the carnal me, the rebellious me, the hard-head, stubborn, stiff-necked me, the law of sin. You got it? That's what's happening. It's happening. That's the struggle. Remember I said earlier, if you find yourself in a wrestling match with God, if you find yourself fighting against God, make it a brief fight. Don't last long. Amen. Don't try to stretch it out. Amen. Don't don't do it. Don't go that way. It's not a good idea. It's just not. Amen. So we're coming to understand about this. So from the law of sin inherited in our flesh. And in its members, we see these things. Therefore, we will know the fullness of grace through Christ and continuous victory in every sphere of daily life. When we come to grapple with the real deal in us, God will come help us. He will help us to overcome. You see, our victory is in keeping our eyes on the power, the greatness, and the love of our God and his ability. He has promised to take us step by step by step, not all at once. Some of us don't like that part, but that's the way it is. Step by step, and each step will be a miracle 
that takes us into victory. Do we understand? Every step will be a miracle that takes us into victory. We got that part. I hope we got that part. Because most of us don't want to go through the step-by-step. We want it right now. But you're not ready to handle that. God knows what he's doing. He's delivering you step by step by step. And we need to accept the fact that God's going to deliver us the way God wants to deliver us. I know some of us, I got to have it right this minute. No, you were in sin a long time. You haven't considered that. And you're not as strong as you think you are knows when it's time to deliver you from what ails you. But there are some steps that you must go through with him first. And each of those steps is going to be a miracle. So don't miss your miracle. Amen. But if we do not take seriously every word of God, the very words that Jesus himself lived by, and if we do not obediently follow God's order in his plan of salvation, we shall not make much progress spiritually. The righteous and just requirements of the law will then not really be fully met in us. The life-giving law of the Spirit and by Christ Dwelling in us. Mm-hmm. By Christ dwelling in us. Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 2. Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, through self, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. In us? Yes. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Mm-hmm. When you stop doing it your way, then you have the opportunity to do it his way. Uh, but I want... um. To, um, I want to be friends with these people. You see, I've known them for a long time, and they've been my friends. And I don't want to be without friends. I, I, I don't, I don't want to to let go of these people. I have feelings for these people, and so we're, we're just going to hold on to these feelings instead of obeying the scriptures. 
Mm-hmm. So what we have done is we've made an idol out of our feelings. Because we're now catering to the feelings instead of what the scriptures say, instead of every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. We're in idolatry. We're in sin because our emotions and our feelings uh, dictate to us what we ought to do instead of what God is saying, dictating to us what we ought to do and what we ought to believe. Some of us, if we feel a feeling, we feel we ought to believe whatever that feeling gives us. That's where our belief is. Our belief is with our feelings. But saints, let me say this believe on the Lord. And his word, not our feelings. You know, I want to be friends with with these people because I have feelings. Well, when you believe on the Lord and his word, you'll want to obey him. And then tell your feelings, it's time for you to change. And all these feelings that have been dictating to you all of your life and you've been making your decisions out of your feelings, you'll stop making those errors in judgment and sinning. Amen? Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere does it tell you to follow your feelings. Jesus lived by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God, not his feelings. And it's time for the saints of the body of Christ to live like Jesus lived, to live in accordance with the will of God. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Not my will, not my feelings, not my thoughts. Thy will be done. I want to associate with this person because I have feelings for them. Well, it's not what Jesus did. Amen. And that shouldn't be what you choose to do either. Your feelings didn't die on the cross for you. Your feelings can't save your soul. Your feelings can't take you to glory. You need to make another choice. Amen. I think you need to make another choice. But if we do not take seriously every word of God by which Christ himself lived, if we do not obediently follow God's order in his plan of salvation, we shall not make much progress spiritually. Amen. For it is the truth of the whole word of God that makes 
makes free indeed, cleansing and sanctifying those who believe. So that man so that the man of God may be perfect, well fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. You see, God has things to say. God has things to say. We all listen to him. Sometimes we'll be shocked that what we think is not what God thinks. And what we want to do is not what pleases God. And so we spend our time trying to seek God to get him to agree with us to do what we want to do instead of fully submitting to God and his word and his will. We do that. It's not right, but we do that. John, the Gospel of John. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, beginning with verse 31. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. It does not say, if you continue in feeling, then ye are my disciples indeed. No, it doesn't say that. It says, if you continue in my word, then then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin and the servant abideth not in the house forever no but the son abideth ever if the son therefore shall make you free ye shall be free indeed Amen. Praise the Lord. Saints, praise the Lord. Amen. Uh Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. Says we're not going to go any further because that's the point he's making to you. And he wants you to hear him well. So he's not going to let me finish right now. And I'm going to do just what he said to do, as you well know. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know some of you 
are thinking about what you just heard. And you need to think about it because it's a crime in God's kingdom to let your feelings take control. It's a crime. Whatever you're feeling, that's, that, that dictates what ought to happen and what go on. Well, I feel... Not I believe, because Jesus tells you, he calls you to believe. But you're still on, I feel and I think. But mostly, I feel. Jesus didn't tell you that. And some have lived their entire lives off of I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, and I feel. Well, Jesus is calling you beyond your feelings. And he's calling you to believe him and his word. And that means you cannot worship at the altar of your feelings anymore. None of us can. Well, I feel well. You're either going to worship Jesus or you're going to keep worshiping your feelings. You'll have to make the choice. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his decisions, underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name, form of godliness, which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and their wicked power. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks. And we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking, reporting, watching, listening, keeping, whispering, familiar, electronic, digital, technology demons, and all of their attacks. We take authority, dominion, and power over Leviathan spirits in their attacks, Kundalini spirits in their attacks, water and marine spirits in their attacks, sex devils in their attacks, unclean spirits in their attacks, passive devils in their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, smart dust, all sorcery devils in their attacks, 
all seducing, womanizing drones, and whoredom spirits in their attack. All the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer in their attack. All hypnotic, trance devils in their attack. All mystic rituals in their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons, chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, smart dust, and drone spirits in Jesus' name. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons, all targeted radio frequency, all pulse weapons in their attack, microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks, the work of every druid. We take authority, dominion, and power over every form of warfare, coming against the saints from what we call outer space, from any orbit, any satellite, any planet, any station on any planet, any cell tower, and coming through any of our devices in Jesus' name. However, it's being sent to us. We raise the shield of faith, and we deflect it and send it back from whence it came. Thank you, Lord. We bind all Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Chilean, Brazilian, Mexican, Canadian, European, Russian, Chinese. Israeli, Palestinian, Kumba, Break it in Jesus' name. Father, we lift Tiffany before you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for her immediate healing in Jesus' name. We call it done. We lift Kevin and family and brother Sam before you, Lord, and the death of their loved ones. We ask for your continued grace and power moving through their life to set them all free in Jesus' name. We lift Dagmar and son before you, Lord. And we ask for their continued deliverance from Ruki heinous witchcraft attacks. In Jesus' holy name. All attacks against JC. And Sherry. We ask for restoration of their health, Father. In Jesus' name, soundness of mind and well-being. In Jesus' name, returning to sender every attack. Every attack must go back in Jesus' name. 
every attack, every attack, every attack. Father, attacks against our memories, every attack is bound and caged and returned to the sender and released where it came from in Jesus' name. Every attack against our memories, our thoughts, our minds, every attack must go back. COVID attacks must go back in Jesus' name. We forbid the enemy to ever attack again in the name of Jesus. Lord God, binding all covens of witches, warlocks, wizards, ruka de shaman, ruka witch doctors, divinators, sorcerers, uraka liars, irishi, thieves, binding covens of thieves in the name of Jesus, runga de every cult. Every coven of wickedness, every technology coven of wickedness, we bind all Morgellons attacks and we return every attack to the senders. We bind all Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape shifting spirits trapping them into their shifted form for eternity. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, low levels of dopamine. We bind the prince of the power of the air. We return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, witchcraft dedications, and all rituals done under the powers and phases of the moon. In the name of Jesus, we bind the formation of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders and their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the grove, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind mammon and his agents, and we bind all demons sent forth to harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, destroy spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, Confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, monitor, track, defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of injected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind food, lust, addictions, and gluttony. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, 
retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, all blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous war in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, bark right, ritual ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, bow, root work, or sin against us, astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us, and against all that pertains to us. Father, we lift our eyes to you, our, our sockets, our optical nerves, our eyeballs, and our ability to focus, visual acuity to you. And we thank you for each cell being wrapped in the blood stripes of Jesus Christ. We thank you for full healing and restoration in our vision, in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark right, ritual ceremony, sacrifice, Proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us, especially in our eyesight. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind, binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights, returning to sender or witchcraft attacks through channeling and the, and the satellites against the website and the app, returning all Cameroonian wizardry, Black magic, juju, hexes, vexes, and such. Returning all tribal witchcraft from whence it came. All Obedaman witchcraft from whence it came. All Chaldean witchcraft from whence it came. All Spanish witchcraft from whence it came. Every attack must go back in the name of Jesus Christ. Breaking and destroying our social, emotional, and psychological ties with food and drink which are displeasing to Jesus Christ, binding superficial religious acts, binding magic spells for love, money, protection, black magic, white magic, candle magic, hoodoo root work, lucky charms, high magic, and folk magic spells, binding the demon of energy, boomeranging their wicked works upon them, binding all magical language, magic signs, magical patterns, even in numbering, binding, synchrony. Binding and caging Poseidon and all underwater devils, stripping them of their crowns, their thrones, and their powers, transferring it to Jesus Christ, binding all conjurations and summoning of demons, binding Jewish black magic, mysticism, magic writings, artifacts, binding the essence of magic and Jewish magic practices by practitioners, amulets, bowls, precious stones, incantations, divining practices, magic spells, and potions. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, false flags, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, make-believe fantasy, fables, enchantments, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors in the spirit and the children of disobedience. We bind Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, all poltergeists, Astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind it in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Lord. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings, and we send them into the spiritual cage, into the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in the name of Jesus. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry and every and we bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, idle mind, unfocused mind, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, violence, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal. Basilic, Molech, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Osiris, Isis, on all false deities, Apolly, uh, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and is 72, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we chain you with eternal chains under darkness. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins, and dolls, hot and cold spots, Psychic weapons, prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, signals, and we return the afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, pledge, vow, pact. We bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grips, Freemasonry, and the works of all the associated organizations. And we bind the rituals of every secret society and the demons that they draw in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the insanity and pride and work of errors and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled and misleading others. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their own mind control. In Jesus' name, we bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And we take authority, dominion, and power and deflect back to the enemy all the signals released to bring ringing in our ears in Jesus' name. We send the signals back from whence they came in the name of Jesus Christ. We send the signals back in Jesus' name. In Jesus' holy name. 
We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. We want to thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We command every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, or transferred to us to leave us now, or came through our computer lines or through our email or through our phones. We return them in any curses from whence they came in Jesus' name. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, especially the January 6th prisoners and those who are being uh, persecuted and may have been left behind in Afghanistan or some other place. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. Thank you, Lord. Father, we cover ourselves in the blood of Jesus and our mode of transportation, whatever it may be. We thank you, Father, for watching over us as we make our travel plans under the submission and authority of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We ask, Father, that you clear our path so that we nor others are hurt or damaged in any way. We thank you for guarding us and protecting us, Father, from all the demons of the road or of the air or in the water, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We call it holy ground. We take authority over all demons of the night, bad dreams, night dreams, sex dreams, anything trying to get into our dreams It's not the Lord. And we command them to stay away in Jesus' name. We thank you that your angels watch over us and our property, and they protect us. We thank you, Lord, for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst, for the warring linking angels, and for the praising angels, but most of all, for your very presence. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate you. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, voodoo pins, witchcraft, anything sent uh, from the enemy's side in the name of Jesus Christ. And we destroy ungodly silver cords and ley lines and sever from ourselves ungodly soul ties, Attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We tear down and destroy walls of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and liars in Jesus' name. And we break the the power of every charm, love spell, vex, hex, and curse, fetish, all evil. Witchcraft, bewitchments, death spirits, destruction, sickness, pain, and torment, psychic warfare, incense and candle burnings, incantations, psychic power, chanting, hoodoo, root work, crystals, tribal rituals, and sin, and all other ungodliness. We return to the sender in the name of Jesus Christ, spirits of bondage, heaviness, fear, and hatred, Wizardry, sorcery, uh, hate, bitterness, murder, envy, in Jesus' holy name. Paralyzing demons, we return from whence you came, according to the covenant, in Jesus' name. Evil deeds, we send you back from whence you came, in the name of Jesus Christ. And we release 
over the saints of God, the word of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge on these matters as we are able to get to them. Amen. And we thank him for his adjudication. While citing the need for a multi-stakeholder holder regulation of social media, UNESCO's 59-page tome is titled Guidelines for the Governance of Digital Platforms. Guidelines for the Governance of Digital Platforms. This is Orwellian doublethink at its worst, promoting free speech that is anti-free speech. The major threat to stability and social cohesion is all about their cohesion they want to force on the world. Now, UNESCO will spawn a feeding frenzy of eager non-government organizations and government tyrants to promote and defend the globalist narrative. The editor of Digital Technology, TN, the editor of Digital Technology, has enabled immense progress on freedom of speech. But social media platforms have also accelerated and amplified the spread of false information and hate speech, posing major risks to societal cohesion, peace, and stability. To protect access to information, we must regulate these platforms without delay, while at the same time protecting freedom of expression and human rights. UNESCO's action plan is the result of a consultation process on a scale unprecedented within the United Nations system, with over 10,000 contributors from 134 countries collected over the last 18 months. Over 40 pages, it outlines the principles which must be respected as well as the concrete measures which must be implemented by all stakeholders, governments, regulatory authorities, civil society, and the platforms themselves. Representatives from independent Regulators have already welcomed UNESCO's initiative, and several of them, notably in Africa and Latin America, have indicated that they are ready to begin implementing these measures. To this end, UNESCO will organize the first world conference of regulators in mid-2024. The organization will also support its member states in transposing this action plan into their own laws and regulations. To this end, UNESCO is mobilizing dedicated funding, including 1 million euros already pledged by the European Commission. UNESCO's measures are organized around seven principles 
which must be respected so that the impact on human rights becomes the compass for all decision-making at every stage and by every stakeholder. Independent public regulators are set up everywhere in the world with clearly defined roles and sufficient resources to carry out their mission. These independent regulators work in close coordination as part of a wider network to prevent digital companies from taking advantage of disparities between national regulations. Content moderation is feasible and effective at scale in all regions and in all languages. Accountability and transparency are established in these platform algorithms, which are too often geared toward maximizing engagement at the cost of reliable information. Platforms take more initiative to educate and train users to think critically. Regulators and platforms take stronger measures during particularly sensitive moments like elections and crises. Our work has been guided by one central requirement, the protection at all times of freedom of expression and all other human rights. Restricting or limiting speech would be a terrible solution. Having media outlets and information tools that are independent, qualitative, and free is best or long-term, is best, wait a minute, Mm. long-term response to disinformation. The director general underscores, In particular, platforms must have teams of qualified moderators in sufficient numbers and speaking all the main languages of their social media so that they can carry out reliable and effective control of content that is posted online. They must ensure the transparency of the moderation process, including when it is automated through algorithms. They must also facilitate their use in all the main languages of the country in which they operate and report on complaints from users. Sections of this strategy are also dedicated to the measures needed to guarantee electoral integrity, notably through electoral risk assessment, clear content flagging, and greater transparency of political advertising and its targeting and to respond to emergency situations such as armed conflicts and disasters. Elements specific to the cultural sector have also been included, highlighting the risk faced by artists and the need for online access to diverse cultural content as a fundamental human right to be safeguarded. With reference to the declaration unanimously adopted by UNESCO member states, at the Mondia Cult Conference in September 2022. The publication of UNESCO's action is accompanied by an opinion poll conducted by IPSOS for UNESCO for over 8,000 respondents across 16 countries where elections will be held in 2024. Really? It shows that 85% of citizens are worried about the impact of online disinformation at a time when social media platforms have become the primary source of information for a large majority of them. The same survey indicates 
that 87% of citizens believe that this misinformation has already had a major impact on their country's political life and fear that it will influence the result of their country's elections in the next year. As a result, 88% are calling on governments and regulators to resolve this problem quickly by regulating social media. Well, they're the ones that started the problem. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. A top deputy to Dr. Anthony Fauci indicated in a newly uncovered email that he purposefully did not keep records that he knew would be sought by the public and congressional investigators. Quote, I have retained very few emails or documents on these matters and continue to request that correspondence on sensitive issues be sent to me at my Gmail address. Dr. David Morins, the deputy, wrote in the June 21 missive. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin obtained the email and included it in a letter to Health Secretary Xavier Becerra. Dr. Morins wrote to colleagues after senators including Mr. Johnson, wrote to, wrote to then National Institutes of Health Director Dr. Francis Collins, asking for documents on how the NIH handled the COVID-19 pandemic, which started in a city that features a laboratory that ran risky tech tests with funds from the NIH. Based on this email, it appears that Dr. Morins may have intentionally deleted or destroyed records relating to the origins of COVID-19, given his admission that he has retained very few emails or documents on these matters. Mr. Johnson also told Mr. Becerra. Further, Dr. Morins stated preference to receive correspondence on sensitive issues through Gmail shows an apparent evasion of federal record-keeping requirements, we've seen this before, and complete disregard for transparency. Remember the bleach show? Amen. The Department of Health and Human Services, which includes the National Institutes of Health, has repeatedly failed to hand over records that Mr. Johnson has requested, the senator noted. Dr. Morin's apparent actions may have directly obstructed my oversight efforts, he wrote. Mr. Johnson asked for all the records he has asked for, as well as an outline of how federal officials will hold Mr. Dr. Morin's accountable. Mr. Becerra's agency did not respond to a request for comment. Dr. Morin's is the senior advisor to the director at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, an NIH institute that was headed until late 2022 by Dr. Fossey. Dr. Morins has worked for the agency for more than two decades. Dr. Morins was writing to others who were part of the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene, including Dr. Peter Dazak, whose EcoHealth Alliance Group helped funnel money from the NIH to the Wuhan laboratory. Dr. Morin said he had retained correspondence 
relating to papers he wrote that were published online but had otherwise retained no documents that might lead other members of the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene to be approached for similar document production. Title of the email was Confidential Without Our Small Group, Please. According to Mr. Johnson, in a missive obtained previously by the U.S. House of Representatives panel investigating the pandemic, Dr. Morins wrote to a group of scientists that, quote, I try to always communicate on Gmail because my NH, NIH email is Federal Information Act, that thing. Constantly. In other words, people are always going there calling for uh, the Federal Information Act. They want the information, and he doesn't want to give it, so he sends stuff to his private email, sort of a Hillary Clinton number. That game's been played before. Under the Freedom of Information Act, members, of the public can request information like emails from the federal government. So he doesn't want them to be able to do that, so he sends it to his private email, okay? Dr. Morins disclosed in the July 9th, 2021 email that his Gmail had been hacked. And until it can get it fixed, IT can get it fixed, I may have to occasionally email from my NIH account. Don't worry, just send to any of my addresses and I will delete anything I don't want to see in the New York Times. He also wrote, Chamberlain. Amen. Uh, where did that go? Okay, let me find my spot again because the computer wants to do what it wants to do. And I'm not liking that. Okay, but I'll find it in a second. Michael Chamberlain, director of the Watchdog Protect the Public's Trust, said in an email that the missive showed a pretty brazen effort to avoid public records requirements. The panel in October subpoenaed the NIH for documents and communications on what it described as a potential federal records violation. Federal law provides in part that people who attempt to conceal or destroy government records face criminal prosecution. The National Archives and Records Administration asked the NIH to probe the matter, and the NIH later told the administration that there was no evidence that any federal records within their custody had been prematurely destroyed. Mr. Johnson, meanwhile, referred the matter to Christine Grimm, the Inspector General for the Department of Health and Human Services. Mr. Johnson said Dr. Morin's email talking about deleting records reveal an attempt to limit public access to certain communications directly related to COVID-19 pandemic, potentially in violation of federal record-keeping requirements. In a new letter this week, Mr. Johnson pressed Ms. Grimm on what action, if any, has been taken, while noting the email he had uncovered. 
Given Dr. Morin's statements I shared with you in August 2023 and the June 17th, 2021 correspondence above, above, the OIG must continue to conduct or immediately initiate a thorough investigation into Dr. Morin's actions, he wrote. In light of Dr. Morin's apparent efforts to hinder Health and Human Services' response to my June 11, 2021 letter, I am deeply concerned that Health and Human Services officials may have intentionally removed or destroyed responsive records on the origins of COVID-19 or on other aspects of the pandemic. I hope you and your office are taking this matter seriously. A spokesperson for Ms. Grimm's office said that the office received the letter and are reviewing it to determine the appropriate response. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning a U.S. bank is now denying customers access to money, according to several reports from users. Green Dot Bank is now facing fraud allegations from various customers who have been locked out of their account from weeks to months. Many customers are having difficulty receiving a direct response from the bank's customer service department with many claiming to have been given the runaround. It's been a month and I still haven't been able to get my money from Walmart Green Dots. Walmart Green Dots. I have asked for a replacement card four times. Haven't got a card yet. My rent is due for last month and this month. I think they're trying to keep my money sells Marzell Land. Green Dot Bank has been freezing multiple customer accounts, resulting in missed bills or the usage of high-interest credit cards to get by. From AZ, have not gotten my money since Wednesday. I have a family and bills I have to pay. I know when they fix this problem, I'm going to get my money and I'm gone like the wind. This is not right. Just got done giving through, get, just got done going through pandemic. Now this, says Bobby Rivera. What is being done about it? Nothing so far. Though many of these reports have been submitted to the Better Business Bureau. My funds are gone. I believe now the bank, Green Dot Bank, is holding it hostage. It's my Social Security money, and I can't get it back. They keep extending the date. I'll get my new card with my money on it. This, with my money on it, this has been going on since August 4th, and I was in the hospital when I was hacked. I want my money. It's mine, not yours, Green Dot, says Sandra Machuga. Green Dot Bank customers aren't the only ones experiencing a hold on their money. The U.S. Treasury Direct, Treasury Direct is also freezing customer accounts, leaving users without access to their funds from weeks to months. Tamara Johnson reported that Treasury Direct has frozen her account ever since she made a deposit going all the way back to April. Users can purchase securities directly from the U.S. Treasury with Treasury Direct. However, big financial institutions have access to Treasury Direct's auction house, which means they have priority over individual customers. 
finance strategist reports that securities purchased through direct, Treasury Direct cannot be sold in the secondary market before they mature. This lack of liquidity could be a disadvantage for investors who may need to access their investment capital before the securities maturity. But Johnson's issue is a little different. Treasury Direct froze the account after a deposit from a settlement. My account has been frozen since April, right after I deposited $1,500 from a settlement. I mailed in the required form from my bank that was needed to unlock my account, and it is still locked. It's sad to know financial institutions are basically taking citizens' money like times aren't already hard. Just 10 months ago, Samuel Clemens reported having a similar issue. I've been buying I-bonds for 10 years. So earlier this year, four years after I opened some proprietorship account, T-Direct finally comes back to me to query some of the registrations. There's no way to speak to them. Emails are ignored and written correspondence takes months. In the meantime, my accounts are frozen and I do not have access to my money. If this were a private business, fraud charges would be laid. How about organizing a campaign to write our congressional representatives to fix this? The IRS IRS takes months to process returns, and the Treasury can't handle a simple savings program for citizens. It's a national disgrace. Beth Williams, 78, says she's been a WMC cardholder for 10 years now and has been unable to gain access to her WMC green account for 20 days now. What's more alarming is that prior to the bank freezing the retiree's account, who who says she lives on Social Security, she noticed two unauthorized, unauthorized charges prior to reaching out to the bank. I have been unable to access my WMC debit card account. On August 3rd, I noticed two unauthorized charges and immediately contacted WMC Green. My account had to be frozen per CS Customer Service Resolution Department. I have been calling and spending hours on hold to reach customer service trying trying to find out when my expedited replacement card is arriving. Customer service has given me four extended dates when I'll get my replacement card. The flimsy customer service explanation. First, upgrade system, and second, having technical difficulties. I was told today by customer service that the card is to arrive on or before August 27th and by standard mailing. I am panicking and afraid that I'm being lied to, she reported. We've asked Williams to keep us updated on the bank's decisions so we may provide readers with more information who might also be seeking for solutions. Unfortunately, Williams isn't the only one being affected. The same bank is freezing accounts with users also reporting several weeks of being locked out. I have been going through the same thing with Green Dot. My funds were hacked at the beginning of August, and I've got nothing but the runaround from them. They keep telling me my card is on its way, 
I was supposed to be, it was supposed to be here August 23rd. Now they're saying the 31st. I'm on Social Security, and they're holding my money hostage. What's going on, Sandra reported. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. Okay. So we're not going to do the one on Michael Bloomberg right now. We're going to save that uh, for the next service. And and we're going to pray about the ones that we already have. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I ask the Holy Spirit to try to keep us somewhere a little more timely than we may have been in the past. Brother Marshall, are you ready? We're ready Jesus, in Jesus' ready. <laughs> I just need to remain dead to the old man. <clears throat> and I choose to do so, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for hanging on that tree for each of us. Thank you for your hearing these these things that, that Pastor uh, Sabrina has just read through. We do ask for your divine help in Judah cases, because you said if two of you on earth agree to touch anything, ask it shall be done in my Father's room. You said, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver, and I shall glorify me. We thank you, Father God, for hearing all these different requests, Father God. And Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. We thank you for exposing what's going on, Father God, in so many different areas, Father, in Jesus' name. You said in in Luke 8, 17. Let me just hit my eyes balls. There we go. Speaking of eyes balls focused. For nothing is secret shall not be made manifest, not anything, not, nor either anything hid that shall not be known or come abroad. So, Father, we don't spend our time looking at the stuff that's going on down here. We fix our eyes on Jesus because that's what you told us to do. You said it's better to trust the Lord than to bring confidence in man. It's better to trust the Lord than to bring confidence in princes, like you said in Psalm 118, around verse 8. And today, Pastor Sabrina was asking to pray for somebody about their eyes, about looking up. I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Because he prompted me about something I just read earlier this afternoon. Because there was a blind man that came to Jesus in Mark chapter 8. And this is what we all need to do. We need to look up. We don't need to look down at our toenails. We need to look up. For once come with our help, or help come to the Lord and make us heaven and earth. And in verse 23 of Mark 8, he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town, because the town was cursed apparently, and spit in his eyes, and he put his hands on him and asked him to, and asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Verse 25, when he put his hands again on his eyes, he made him to look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. So, Father, help us to see things from your perspective, because we're all here, including all these people making all these plans, whoever they are, Father God, from UNESCO and all these people at the banks and everything. They're making their plans with people that look like they're people who knows who they really are. <clears throat> As you told us, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in our places. So we thank you, for, first and foremost, Father God, for raising us up together with Christ Jesus. You said, because he set his love upon me, therefore I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, Jesus had power to lay down his life and power to take it up again. 
So as we reckon ourselves dead to the old man, then Jesus is our life, and he has the power of an endless life. Catch-22 applies because he cannot die again. He died once, and that's it. He cannot die again. And we thank you, Jesus, for the victory you won on that tree, hanging on that cross. For Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Thank you, Jesus, for hanging on that tree for me and each one of the body of Christ, including all of the associated with Miracle Mass Church, as we continue to seek you and your face day by day, moment by moment, Lord, in Jesus' name. And you said in um, Colossians 2, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, triumphing over in over the demon and all his nasty spirits in the cross. Because if the devils, the, the princes of this world, knew what they were going to do to Jesus, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So, Father God, there's some of these people, why did the heathen rage? And the people imagine the vain thing. But that's what they're doing. You talked about that in Psalm, beginning of Psalms, and you talked about it in the, in the beginning of Acts, Father God. And that's all they're doing. They have all these plans. And what do they want to do? They want to silence the people who are trying to get the truth out with all those doublespeak, as, as Pastor Sabrina talked about it in Jesus' name. And this United Nations uh, group, Father God, they're trying to control all the speech. So if somebody doesn't have something that goes along with their narrative, this is perhaps... Just possibly, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic was a pandemic. Uh, that's not going to be permitted. And Father God, because we know that they have their things. And it's interesting that all these member states are at the Manda Occult. Manda Cult? What is it called? It may be that's not a mistake. It's called a cult. It must be a cult. These people worship a different God. They worship the prince of the power of the air, Father God. And we bind you, Satan. We bind every one of your unknowns. All these occultics, these cultic spirits that are operating through the uh, international global elite, operating through the U.N. and every group, every agency. We bind every spirit of ungodly control in Jesus' name. We cancel our assignments to not only control what people are trying to communicate, as, as we prayed about previously, through the Internet, through Miracle Net Church, or any other place, Father God, through any of these alternative platforms, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we ask for your divine help and intervention because you can do exceeding abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. And we thank you, Father, for raising us up together with Christ Jesus and giving Jesus that name that's so far above their names, so far above Satan, Father God, because every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the Holy Ghost is reminding me about, where is that, Lord? Psalm 148, verse 13, if I'm remembering Holy Ghost, is that right? Let his name be, be uh, and let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and the heaven. He's from above as above all. His name alone is excellent, excellent, too strong, lofty, inaccessible. They can't get to that name, the name of Savior. There's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. So we take the cup of salvation and we call upon your name. We ask for your divine help and intervention, Father God, that all these things that they're trying to cover up, Father God, are being exposed. It used to take used to take years, then it used to take months, then it was taking days or weeks. And we thank you, Father God, even though there seem to be precious few of these people who are supposed to be public servants, 
but maybe they were selected and not elected. But then again, I don't know that for sure. A lot of people thinking along those lines is a possibility. But Father God, I don't know. I'm not here to accuse anybody. He says we're supposed to love all men, so we pray for the human beings that are actually human beings that can repent. And we ask you to, including all those associated with NIH, Father God, to grant them the gifts of repentance. And those in the Congress, Father God, those who have been blackmailed, or those that have been paid off, Father God, to have a prick of conscience if they're still human beings and can repent. We bind you, Satan. We bind every one of those mind-controlled spirits affecting their minds and their hearts. Every spirit of selfishness is bound. Every spirit of lust of flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life, every ungodly spirit is bound in Jesus' name. And all those spirits, all those spirits that Jesus talks about, where is that, Lord? In Mark chapter 7, as I was listening to that today, Father God, because all, lots of those spirits are manifesting to all kinds of people. Where is that, Lord? We bind all those spirits, the evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. This is from Mark 721 kind of goes along with Romans 7 we heard tonight. Cut about that away. Adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts. Ooh, speaking of thefts, all the people coming against the people, their, their stuff from Green Dot or whatever. I used to have a Green Dot account. Thank God I cut up that card without even thinking about it. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost inspiring those to do those things that you want, Father God. The adulteries, thefts, fornications, murders. People want to steal, kill, and destroy. Covetousness. Find every spirit of mammon, love of the love of money, wickedness, cut about that about that, deceit, lasciviousness, especially trying to affect the people from the NIH, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemies, pride. They think they're above God's law. They don't know they're going to have to answer to the Most High God. Foolishness. All these evil things, where do they come from? They come from within. So, Father God, you said we're not defied by what comes into us because it goes out into Charmin land. It goes out into the drought. We just flush it away. But we're, we're, we're defied by what? What comes out of us. So we thank you, Lord, that you'll never leave us or forsake us. We thank you that you have good plans for each one of us, plans for our peace and not for evil. And we call upon your name, ask you to deliver Satan in your bound or your underlings name to not name, including every spirit of mammon, every spirit of perversion, every mind control spirit, every spirit of pine pedophilia, every spirit of lust of flesh, lust of doubt, pride of life, rebellion, every ungodly spirit of antichrist unloving, looking for love in the wrong places, every spirit of gluttony, every spirit of love of this present world and not taking any thought for the next life. We bind every mind, body, and spirit, and we cancel our assignments to everyone we've interceded for, including all those in U.S. Congress and every nation, all those in any leadership position at the U.N. and every other place, and all those that have bowed the knee to the prince of the power of the air in Jesus' name, whether it be Peter Dysick or whatever his name is, and, and Dr. Morins in Jesus' name. We bind every ungodly spirit, affecting their minds and their hearts, and all those trying to avoid the uh, under the Freedom of Information Act by playing little games, by having communications go some other way. Oh, and then that, that seemed to have been hacked. So we, I, we can't get to it right now. We can't get to your money right now because we had a little technical problem. Father God, we know what your word says in the book of Revelation. I think it's chapter 13, somewhere in there. You'll not be able to buy or sell without the mark. Father God, it's becoming kind of obvious <laughs> this. This this country, the U.S. dollar is is um, is on borrowed time, Father God. Best. I'm, I'm speaking to workers as I repent. But Father God, we ask you show your people what you want each of us to do. I, I did inadvertently what I did with the green dot, but Father God, it must have been your hand that moved my hand to do that. We ask you to move each of us to make the right choices 
especially concerning what, what accounts we have. Grant your, your children, you said, if the trap is set in the eye of any bird, you know, a little snare to catch a little bird, you know, you want a turkey for dinner, or a big bird, little bird. If a, if a little snare is set for, for a bird, the bird should say, well, I'm not going to go get that, uh, that cornmeal there. It's got a couple sticks over it, but I see there's a little thing about to catch my leg. I'm not going to go there. So, Father God, help us to be wise as serpent, harmless as doves. Teach your children what you want us to do. And we're so grateful, Lord Jesus. You said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And a voice of a stranger, they will not heed. In John chapter 10, but you also said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We ask you to deliver us from every spirit seeking to kill, steal, and to destroy, including all those that don't even have enough to eat for this day tomorrow. Father God, not just in the United States. Yes, in this country. Yes, in this country, a lot of people. They thought they needed to get their drug or their fix, or they had to get their booze, or they had to get something else, they had to pay the money for that, even though there's still people who can go to grocery stores and get things in this country. But there's some countries they can't get stuff. There's some countries that have had the power shut off. There's some countries that, that don't have access to anything, Father God. There's some countries that are being targeted to be eliminated as, as a whole group, uh, in, including in the Middle East. We ask for your divine help, Father God, on all those. Some, there are some are actually Jewish, and some are Gentile. But there are some tar- people, people that, groups that have been targeted to be eliminated, Father God, because Satan hates every human being. He's been trying a long time to turn one group of people against another group of people, trying to raise up race right like they did in South Africa, trying to raise up now a religious war, Father God. We, we ask for your divine help, deliverance from every spirit of Zeus, every spirit seeking to kill, steal, and destroy, trying to steal from the people, Father God, including the funds, including from Beth Williams, the 78-year-old retiree, has been trying very diligently, it sounds rather patiently, she's given us her account of what she's gone through in Jesus' name, to get this resolution from customer service. It's nice she was able to talk to somebody, but the other people, Father God, they had stuff with the U.S. Treasury. That should be really safe, right? Everybody, that's why people get treasuries, because it's supposed to be safer than even a bank account. Uh, but now they can't get to it. So, Father God, we know there's little plans going on here. And there's other banks I've heard about that have got similar issues. And some scuttlebutt about some big, big, big banks that are too big to fail that just might be allowed to fail so they can have an excuse. Father God, help me and all of us to make the right choices. You said, if two of you on earth agree touching anything you ask, it shall be done to my Father which is in heaven. Jesus said, in that day you'll ask me nothing. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Ask and you shall receive it, your joy may be full. And we're all in agreement, Father God. Because you said, you said, whosoever shall call by the name of the Lord shall be delivered in Joel 2.32. ask you to deliver us from every plan, including this Beth Williams lady and all those that have been struggling, Father God, trying to get their funds back from Fred, Fred, Federal Direct and Green Dot Bank. We ask you to grant each one the right decisions. And Father God, help those in Congress that are genuinely trying to do your will, Father God, to get through to this Dr. Morin's guy and hold him accountable, Father God. We ask for your accountability on all these people that have done these, including Dr. Fauci, Father God. He's tried to cover his tracks diligently. He's been working very hard at it. But, Father God, and, and we know this is, this is not a, a mistake. They didn't just kind of happen. But we ask you to help all those, Father God, that are in harm's way, including uh, Tamara Johnson, Father God. We ask for your divine help for each and every one of these people, Father God, that Pastor Sabrina has gone to all the trouble of reading through their, their tale of woe and their, their challenges, Father God. Because we could look down at all the problems, and there's a lot more than these. A lot of the problems going on in the world. Because, 
matter what you things, all the products are on the way. Those that have their finances now, probably not. Everybody can look up instead of look down. Every place, Father God, in Africa, every place that are in harm's way, in Jesus' name, only you. 